When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. May I present a pair of fellow sophisticates? Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPA. Down to 60 seconds left to go in the game. Hart, a step back three. On the way and in! James Hart with his second three-pointer of the game, and it couldn't have come at a better time as the Wolves call a timeout with the Rockets up nine. Throws to the right. He goes up there. Yeah, it's been a while since he's looked this good. He was miscast when he was with the Cleveland Cavaliers here in Minnesota playing for his old coach Thibodeau. He's playing a lot more like he did when he was a Chicago Bull. Uh, miscast with LeBron. How can you be miscast on the one of the best teams in the NBA? That's more of a that's a that's a debit oh, you know, you get on your resume. Um all right. Anyways. All right. So that game last night. The first half is a colossal flop. The Rockets are great. The Wolves play no defense. It's uh it's a rout. The second half the Wolves start to chip away. Now the Rockets you know, not surprisingly fell asleep a bit, but the Wolves start to chip away and yeah. by by the fourth quarter the game gets close mm-hmm. and they're, they're within 5 points. And Target Center's going nuts and, and the Gorgie dust up happens and the Cherry Berry happens and honest to god it's like they've won the bleeping NBA title when Cherry Berry happens. Here was the Gorgie dust up by the way. Oh! Now we got something going on. Jang shoved Paul. Green didn't like it. He shoved Jang and now both teams have to be separated. I want to start this conversation by not passing definite judgment, but by rather just throwing the question out there. During the course of all of this, Tibbs looks miserable. I mean, he looks like he has a stick shoved in a very uncomfortable place. As opposed to the other times where he looks Well, no, but he like always he looks doesn't. like that. But my but my point, uh, going back to what we talked about with Waylon at 10 o'clock, my point is this. How long can he do this? How long can you be in a... And I know that he loves basketball, okay? I'm not questioning that he loves the game. He loves the sport. He loves the strategy. But how long can you do... How long can you... When you're coming back and it's down to five points, I'm not saying that most coaches are jumping up and down, but you can tell a certain of, okay, here we go, satisfaction. There, I can't sense that at all with him. Yeah, it is a very... uh, I don't know. It's I I don't really understand it because I think... If you're like he's a successful basketball coach, we can we sit here and and we can. There's obviously things that I wish were different about him, and I don't think he's necessarily proven that he's the right guy for this collection. I think this collection has is it forty or forty one wins? Forty wins on the on the uh, nose. I think they've won forty games because of the talent of Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns, and then you know Taj and those guys. But that being said, to your point. 
if you've won that many games as a head coach in the NBA and you've been able to go to the playoffs and you've been able to make crazy amounts of money, like he makes $8 million a year or something absurd, right? And you probably live in a nice luxury condo downtown Minneapolis somewhere. You can eat wherever you want to. How about like letting your guard down once in a while? That's fascinating to me. That now last night might not have been the night because they're getting their asses kicked by the like they came back and cut it to five, but that game was never really in question. When when the Rockets decided, okay, this game's gonna be over, we're gonna knock down a couple threes. The game the game was only in question because the Rockets allowed it to be in the second half. But yeah, to your point, he looked miserable. Like I think he looked miserable. You're trying to enjoy life a little you've, more. You've cut this deficit to five points. The building that, that your team is playing in is going absolutely yeah. apoplectic. It was really fun. It was cool. And it's not that I said to myself they're going to win, but I said, you know what? For how poorly they played for the first half of this game, this is per- this is it's impressive. It's fine. And Tibbs looked like somebody had just stabbed him. Well, he said this might not go completely with your point, but one thing that really does bug me about him, and, and he did this either, I guess it would have been Saturday night when they played. Uh, this was after they lost uh, to the Spurs on Saturday night. And Derrick Rose was like a minus 21, and he only played like 13 minutes, and he was minus 21. And and some people were saying, well, he came back and had a couple shots down the stretch, and okay, he doesn't play a lick of defense. And now last night he was much better. Last night was his best game as a Timberwolf. But they put that Crawford, Tyus Jones, Rose, Rose lineup out, and, and that lineup has been horrible in like the four times it's been out there. So there's all these reasons to look at the Derrick Rose acquisition in the first place, and then the usage of him, and it just doesn't doesn't feel natural. It did a little bit more when he was out there with Towns last night. But I think it was Jerry Zagoda. He was off camera on Saturday night. Asks Tom Thibodeau a very respectful but sort of like pressing question about, has it been tough? You're trying to get Derrick Rose minutes, but like his plus minus is bad, and, and, he, and he brought the yeah but up. And instead of a respectful answer back, which is a very fair question, this guy has bounced around. For five years with the Knicks, with the Cavs, with the Bulls, now with the Timberwolves, and he went unsigned for like three weeks. Like, there's a lot of questions about his game and his desire and his durability and all these things. And it wasn't working until last night. And Tom Thibodeau not not only dismisses the question, but like, Pooh Poo's a respected beat writer who's been covering this team for 30 years. For the second time this year, but by the way, too, because he did the yes. same thing with the Towns yeah. uh, touches question like, earlier this season. Like, you don't have the resume and you don't have the pedigree in terms of playoffs and championships and things like that Yep. to be that disrespectful when someone asks you a non... It wasn't a question that was like made for show or I can see when you get some of these goofball questions. It was a very well thought out question. Mm-hmm. And for him to do that on TV too, like be respectful. And and it and it's a legit question. Derrick Rose had not played well at all and did not seem like a good fit until last night. And I don't even think last night changes that narrative. I think he had a good game last night. That was it. He had a good game last night. Mm-hmm. But that bothered me over the weekend. Part of the problem here, too, that, that I see developing is, and Butler's been great. So he's a, that trade is a good trade. But part of the problem that you've got is you've got Butler, Gibson, and now Rose. Tibbs has the need to bring guys back into his fold because they get him. It's 2018. The best coaches set a culture. The best coaches take players, good, bad, indifferent, difficult to deal with or not, and do their best to to develop a system under which those players can be successful, both through strategy on the court and off the court. Mm-hmm. 
Tibbs feels like with to me it feels like he's trying to get the band back together because they're the only ones that can play his tune. Wow. Unfortunately, Derek Rose. That analogy. Unfortunately, Derek Rose was great at one time, but now he's not. And so instead of saying, how can I how can I go to Wiggins and possibly Towns and just whomever else and get the best from them? It's the, it's as if he wants these guys to come in and show and show them the Tibbs way. Derek, show us the Tibbs way. As opposed to the I, other way around, which is I think, get a bunch of talented guys and yeah, but I think be, be but adaptable. I think if we're having if we were having this discussion in 1983, I think it might work. In well, in college, maybe. Or, but but my point is, I think there was a I think there was a point in time where this discussion would work. I don't think it's now. I think he has the inability to relax enough and say, here's what I want from you guys, and I'm not going to ride you constantly, and I'm not going to stand up the entire game, and I'm not going to scream. He made a guttural sound last night after, I think it might have been a defensive play. He made a guttural sound where I looked and I half expected him to have dropped. There was this, <laughs> That happened once, too. Uh, and Bob, Bob Huggins, I think, had a heart attack like before halftime a couple of years I'm ago. I'm not kidding you, Phil. You see that this happen. sound, I'm like, what the hell just happened? But my point being is, I think his need to bring all these former Bulls back is because they get it. They get the Tibbs way. I don't think your superstar players are now going to look at those guys and be like, oh, okay, oh, that's it. That's it. I think what they're they're going to still say is, your system's sort of archaic here. Know, there's something, your way is archaic. Okay, I'm not going to pretend to have like, been at practices and things like that. So I, I don't know the inner workings of you know behind the scenes. But there just seems to be, I don't know how you can connect with... 25 and 30 year olds doing it that way. So if if you if you're not going to connect with them on a level, and I'm not even talking about like a friendship level, but just like interpersonal communication, right? Professional communication. Can you be such an authoritative figure that you're pounding something into their brains almost against their will? And the result defensively would tell you that's not the case. Mm-hmm. They're one of the worst defensive teams in the NBA. They're winning based on offense, and it's not because he's scheming the offense to to get the to get these unknown players, you know, elevated from you know bench level to all star level. It's just Jimmy Butler, Carl Anthony Towns, and then you know the popping up of Jeff Teague and Taj Gibson, and then Andrew Wiggins will have offensive nights once in a while. Like that's what they. It's almost like they score points just based off how talented the guys are that are on the court, not because they've schemed up this Golden State Warriors or or Houston Rockets offense. Let's take one quick call on this from Howard before we uh, get to our buddy Jess Myers. What's up, Howard? Yeah, I'm going to preface this as I don't like Derrick Rose. Okay, but this team doesn't play defense because it hasn't found the desire. And that's exactly what I think he's trying to do. Now, Rose is not a great defender, but he tries. Obviously, Gibson's a decent defender. But when Butler's a good defender, they need to learn how to play defense. They aren't going to win a championship out shooting Golden State or out shooting Houston. It ain't going to happen. Yeah. And the only way this team's going to win is to play both sides of the ball. The other thing is when when Butler isn't there, we don't have a guy in the backcourt who can take a big shot and hit it. Uh, there's not a whole lot of guys. No, there's not. Who are going to hit long shots, period. That defensive thing, though, is getting old, and, and here's why. Once again, this is Tibbs thinking, if I bring Rose in, he's going to show them, or Butler's going to show them. Tom, it's your job. It's your job to get these guys to play defense. He's he's relying, in some cases, on veterans who have seen their best days to show a team what he should be showing that team. And if they don't want to play for you, that's an issue. 
if your calling card is defense and you need to bring in all of these former Bulls to show this team how to play defense, you're failing. Yeah. You're failing at your job, which is to get them to play defense. That's your. That's what you're known for. So they're sitting in the eight seed right now, and they're just a game up in the loss column on the Nuggets and the Clippers, and then they get the Clippers uh, first before they get a bunch of games, and then the Nuggets are on the schedule here at least once, maybe twice. Twice more. Look. Two more. So Nuggets they definitely games, like they got to win those games, or at least win two or three of those games. But they ha- they should beat most of the teams on their schedule the next two or three weeks, and then we'll see if they can get to forty seven ish wins and, and where that. Lands them. Um, all right, let's uh, let's go back to this Don Lucia discussion here. If that happens, if they part ways after 19 years with Don Lucia, who could be next? Who are some logical potential candidates? And then we can just get into all of this with uh, Jess Meyer. 651-646-8255. Once we're done with that, too, if you want to chime in and uh, provide your thoughts. Mackie and Judd from the TCO Broadcast Studio. Mackie and Judd are back. I've been waiting for this for a long time. On 1500 ESPN. Are we allowed to steal the uh, the hockey half-hour branding with Jess Myers? Oh. The feud is very real. Hold on. Try that again. Speak. Now speak. No, now? There now we you're go. on. We got anything now? Anything? Royce is already potting your mic down from Fort Myers. I can see that. Can't stand the cheating the, aspect the here. The feud continues. Because I, I invited Patrick on the Saturday show with Collar and I. And, and he sent me a note back quickly saying, I'm backing out of the garage. I'm going to Naples. The feud continues. Okay, on Wednesday, it was just a schism. It's developed into a feud now. now? Actually, he uses schism. I call it a feud. I feel like oh, you have boy. to coordinate with Dave and I before you bring this him back Saturday on the radio. Is a, Saturday is a separate entity. You just you don't even acknowledge it if you were to have him on? Saturday is a separate entity. Wow. I just I said, do you want to put this thing to rest? And he's like, I'm going to Naples. Um, oh, it's classic, classic. <laughs> yep. it was, it, was he going to see a, a to a Tim Pawlenty fundraiser by any chance? Oh, probably, too soon. Probably Politics? going to see, probably <laughs> going to see Louis. Was was Louis in Naples too? It's Louis. I'm sure he was somewhere in a very yeah. nice. My, my hockey spot. people are all in Cape Coral on the other side of the oh. river, but uh, you know, uh, those yeah. are those are my people. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. The Chris Longs of the world. Yes. 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 So Jess, Jess Myers Chris is Long, here. By the way, who who lived in Fort Myers and famously he and his wife Serena, who both lived there, once told me in a private conversation, "We got out of Florida like it was on fire." That was his quote. He, he they they had had enough of Florida life by the time they moved back. And here, that's so. no longer a private conversation. Now yeah. it's public yeah. for everyone yeah. to hear. I, I, I don't think he's shy about that opinion. <laughs> Statue of so. limitations. Yeah, yeah, it's been exactly, at least five years. Exactly. Sorry, so Chris. So do you, do you think, first of all, like the Gophers at one point on Saturday at like 5 o'clock had a 98.5% chance to make uh, the NCAA tournament? But, I mean, the lesson here is don't put yourself in a spot where every other year you're just like waiting for things to happen around you. They've missed the NCAA tournament, I believe, if my math is right, five times in the last 10 years and two of the last three. Two so of the last three, yeah. If there was a time for Mark Coyle to come in and say, listen, like it's been a great 19-year run. You've won a couple championships. Let's just, let's do this the right way and make a change. This would be a pretty easy time to make the change. What are your thoughts on this, Jess? A couple other factors at work here, too. Uh, number one, uh, Don Lucia, if he coaches next year, he will be in the final year of his contract. Coaches generally don't like to go into the final year of their contract without an extension because it makes it harder to recruit when you can't tell a kid, yep, I know I'm going to be here for the long term. Um, so that's a factor as well. There's a buyout at work here where they can buy him out for, I think, a little over 300000 if they pay him for next year, I think it's 600000 or something like that is is more the number. Yeah. So that's definitely a factor at play here. The other factor, you know, Don is 59 years old. 
He, you know, and that's not old necessarily in the, in the coaching parlance, especially when you had Red Berenson out there coaching until I think he was 76 at Michigan. <laughs> that might have been a little excessive, Jess. Yeah, that, that, that might have taken it to a new level. Um, and, and I know Don, is, uh, as a guy, is already kind of looking at the, the next part of his life. I mean, he's enjoying being a grandpa. He has a place in Alaska where he spends a significant amount of his time now. So I don't think it would be a huge lifestyle change for him at this point to to walk away and say, you know what, I've had a good run. He can he can cite the 19 years that he spent there. I think it's like 17 banners they've hung from the ceiling of, uh, of 3M Arena or whatever they're calling it this week. Uh, so um, I think, you know, if the conversation is, you know, hey, it's time to make a change, I think he would be quietly allowed to retire and uh, can rest on his laurels pretty well. My sense is this, it's time. My sense is it's time, and this is and this is a very nuanced conversation because it's not all Don's fault. Okay, absolutely not. But there are there are if you replace him tomorrow, you're going to make some boosters happy. But there are still things that are problems. The move to the Big Ten remains a problem. It's getting the conference is improving, so that's good. Four but, of, four of the seven teams yes. made the NCAA tournament, and as we but, noted, the Gophers were within one millionth of a point of making it. I themselves. told Phil and Dave this. I think what you need, and, and when Don got here, it, it was not necessary. When Doug Woog was here, it was not necessary. I think you need somebody who embraces where the program is at and generates enthusiasm. And that means because there there was a long time, Jess, when we were kids right through the early 2000s, you could throw the doors open. The kids would come, the recruits would come, and you would win. Those days are gone. Right. And I think the most important thing is to get a coach who realizes that. And you know what you've got got to do now? You've got to do things that probably Don does not like to do. You got to hit the banquet circuit. You've got to create enthusiasm. You've you've got to acknowledge the fact that you have lost a lot of your fan base. And instead of bemoaning that, which we've done for a few years now, Absolutely. but instead of bemoaning that fact, it needs to be turned around and said, okay, let's go get them back. Right. And Don's 59. I don't ever sense that he's enjoyed that part of it. I don't sense that he enjoys doing the coaches' shows and the media stuff. And so I think what well, you... especially since you started hosting the coaches' show, he tells me it's a grind every week. We got, no, along, we got along fabulously. <laughs> we got along great. But my point being is I think you need to get somebody here who understands the challenges of this program, and there are a lot more of those now than there were 10 years ago. Absolutely. It's just a fact. Yeah, you can't, like, the challenges are what they are now. The right. landscape is what it is. And, like, whether it's Don or somebody else who takes over, you have, like Judd said, you have to be able to say, all right, well, these are the circumstances. How can I succeed with the current circumstances? Okay. Uh, in that vein, okay, I tweeted this yesterday, and I'll repeat it here on air. Since 2006, since the Holy Cross upset, we've been hearing some level of volume of, you know, we need a change. Lucia is not the right guy. Since 2006, and keep in mind, they've been to the Frozen Four multiple times since then. They've been to a national championship game since then. So we've heard a lot of that. This is the first time I really believe it's real, and, and if for a lot of the reasons we talked about. So I put that out there on Twitter last night, and the first first response I get is someone saying, man, they never should have left the WCHA. Okay, quit it. It's over. Quit living in the yeah. past. It's not you know they're not going back to the WCHA. They're not going to have Alaska Anchorage on their schedule four times a year. That's done. Cooperalls are gone. They're not going to go back to those either. <laughs> Get on with your lives, people. This is the current state of college hockey. Cooperalls were what great. You have. Don't insult them. I'm not insulting Hill them. Murray they were fantastic. And the Flyers, 
both warm and th- they were fantastic. The, the Whalers actually warm for a they little while. They did indeed. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I but I think what I think part of the problem though is if, if you think about it, hockey people, including me, have done nothing but complain about it. Right. You now have to take it and say, what can we do about it? The day the days of every golfer game being on cable, not just in the Twin Cities, but throughout the state, into right. Duluth, yeah. are gone. Oh, and you and, know, and don't don't and you're kid recruiting yourself. against that the, now. The coaches of those other schools, Mike Sertich in Duluth and, they, and, yeah. and Dean Blaze in North Dakota, it drove them nuts that you flip on your TV in Grand Forks, North Dakota, and the Gopher game is on every week. You know, that's changed. Okay, we, we got to get used to that. The other factor is, you mentioned Doug Wu, and that was 33 years ago when he got the job. There were two Division One programs in Minnesota at the time. Now there are five at, at varying levels of success, but three of those five are in the West Regional next week, and the Gophers are not among them. So the land Landscape has changed. You know, the fact that a really good defenseman out of Minnetonka chooses to go to St. Cloud State and he's a Hobie Baker finalist there, that wouldn't have happened probably 15 years ago, let alone 20 or 30 years ago when, when you know, those were Division Three programs. The landscape has changed. You've got to adjust to what the new landscape is. Jess Myers hanging out with us here. We stole him from the ride with Royce. Uh, open phone lines on this, too. We know it's, a, especially if you're a passionate Gopher hockey fan, it's a hot topic right now. Don Lucia's status, 651-646-8255, 877-615-1500. What's up, Joe? I had all this conversation about Lucia. I mean, yeah, maybe if they aren't going, but these kids are in college to get an education, not to play pro hockey. They're not there for any reason except to get an education. Pro hockey should be a nice thing that goes with it. But he has an extremely high GPA for his class or his hockey players, and you seem to have forgotten it. That's why they're in school. It's to play, is to get an education. Okay, so, Joe, thank you for the phone call. If it were as simple as... Well, no one cares about the result or the revenue of hockey, football, basketball. As long as they all get A's and B's, we're, we're going to be happy with it. There are a lot of banners hanging from that ceiling. I haven't seen any noting their team GPA. Maybe not there that should that's be. not like somewhat important. Maybe there obviously. should be. Absolutely. You know, and, and for, you know, the NCAA always puts out the stat that like 98% of student athletes, are, you know, are there to get an education and will never go pro in anything but accounting. Um, but... Uh, the reality of it is you've got the Casey Middlesteads of the world who's looking at one and done. He's here to hone his skills to play professional hockey at some point. The more of those guys you have, generally, the better you well, do. <laughs> and and people uh, come to the rink to watch your team because you're really successful. Not in the classroom, right. but on the ice. Yeah. Well, if that like were the no case. No fans are like, you know what I got to do? I got to get season tickets. You seen that go for GPA? Yeah, you know what we should do? You know, it's a Joe's call. Let's sell tickets to watch them take tests, their semester exams, you know? So we can all crowd around Middlestad. Well, he's got the blue book, and he's filling out the questions and the answers. Yeah, that'll be pencil. really entertaining. We could sell them. We could even get 65 bucks a ticket for that, too. It'd be great. You could do it right in the middle of 3M Arena. Wow. Um, it, you know, uh, on that note, though, um, you know, you've got guys like Casey Middlestead who are probably going to be one and done at best, two and done guys. Um, that was maybe Don's problem at one point in his career is too many of those guys where you'd get a Thomas Vanek who would come for two years and then take off. And yeah. granted, he won them a national championship in one of those two years, not single handedly, but he was the uh, most outstanding player of the Frozen Four that year when they in 2003 when they they won their last one. Um that's tough to build a program that way. How long? Aposa was two years too, right? Aposa was a year and a half. Yeah, year he, and a half. He, he left went in to the, the middle Islanders. of a season. He, he, he left, got pulled out by Garth Snow. He left mid-season. So. That did not go over well. No, no, that was uh, that was not a good situation. But if, if I'm not mistaken, the salary cap changed things too, right? Because now with 
a player like Casey, you used to allow him to stay here for two or three years. Well, now if you're Buffalo and he's good, guess what? Yeah, you take him and promote him quickly. You want him. You want him there. So yeah, that was that was you know if if this is the end for Don Lucia, I've got to say um, once you got to know Don, fantastic to deal with, and the Oposo situation comes to mind. You know, I hear these rumors. Oposo's leaving. I call Don. You know, I get him at his office, and he answers the phone and says, "Hi." It's true. I can't talk about it. Bye. Did you get a word in? Hi, no. this is no. no just I, didn't I, said, I, I think I said thank you. Have a good day. Six five one six four six eight two five five. State of go for hockey. Jess Myers hanging out with us. Scott, you're on the show. Hey, uh, love you guys for spending more than fifteen seconds on this topic. Um, so kudos to your, to your show. Um, couple questions is watching the last five Penn State games it's it seemed to me like they had an absolute plan of you know hard forechecking attacking and it seems like the Gophers don't have like a system you know they, they just seem like they they got high-end guys and they're supposed to go out and just play mate is, am, am I not seeing something or I'll uh, I'll revert to my favorite Mike Tyson quote of all time. Everybody has a plan until you get punched in the face. Yeah. I mean, you obviously go into a game with a game plan, and they went into those Penn State games with that, and your defense just absolutely collapsed. I mean, you you, you went to a two-goalie system this year with Matt Robson getting significant time, which I thought was a good move. But when guys have a free route to the net, and you look at the shots on goal in those Penn State games, it was ridiculous. Like, when, when teams are getting, yeah. you know, 40, 45 yes. shots a game, there's only so much a goalie can do. So... For a school and a program that has produced some of the great defensemen out there, you know, I'm thinking Eric Johnson and Paul Martin and Keith Ballard and Jordan Leopold, you know, and a Hobie winner was the fourth guy I named. That tells you all you need to know about Don Lucia's programs. To not have uh, any any kind of defense show up was just shocking. Uh, let's let's pause this for a second. Uh, Dave, we'll get to you. We see that other people have been calling. Uh, you guys brought this up. Judd, you brought this up like, um, like three weeks ago on the show and got a bunch of phone calls too. So it's obviously a passionate... Uh, discussion right now. Don Lucia's future, 651-646-8255. Hypothetically, if somebody else were to take over the program here, whether it's this week or in a year from now, who are some candidates? We're getting emails. I want to run a couple of these by Jess, and uh, let's keep the conversation going from the TCL Broadcast Studio. Phil Mackey. I like his odds of uh, of replacing somebody on TNT. Judd Zolgad. Just a genuinely awesome guy, very giving of his time. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. All right, Jess Myers. We've, we have stolen Jess Myers from the ride with Royce. And since uh, we're talking hockey, side note. Congratulations to the Warroad Pee-wee A team. State champions yesterday. Beat wow. Sartell. Look at you. For, wow. First time Warroad, for all its hockey success, has ever won a Pee-wee state title. So uh, the Warriors of the future. God bless him. He is the encyclopedia, not just NHL and college. He scouts all the way down to I might just be levels. a blatant homer, too. We don't know <laughs> Oh, no, you are. Definitely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, don't got, shy away from we've that. We've gotten a bunch of calls and emails on this Don Lachia thing. Uh, he, I'm just going to read you an email. and we can get to, We'll get to Dave's call if you guys want to chime in. 651-646-8255. Reese emails the show, go for hockey, two words, Grant Patoni, and the work he's done at Northern Michigan in, uh, well, one year, right? People don't have to read my Twitter. I'm just going to read another one out loud. Uh, The Frozen Four is going to be here in three weeks in St. Paul. 
Uh, I have a feature story in the Frozen 4 program about Grant Petolny. Uh, a couple of angles. Number one, he's running his own program at Northern Michigan this year. Very successful. Number two, Grant Petolny famously scored the overtime winner in 2002 when the Gophers yeah. won the title. First time the Frozen 4 was played at Excel Energy Center. So a lot of angles there. I said how ironic would it be if he had a new job before the uh, Frozen 4 even starts. But mm. uh, I, I don't know that that's going to happen. And... I know it's a different sport and all, but think about the Lane Kiffin example. You know, you go to a school for one year, you get everybody all excited, and then you leave to go back to your alma mater. Uh, and he's been a head coach for exactly one year, correct? Exactly one year. He was an assistant for Don. For... No, Lane's personality was not exactly like Lane brash, cocky. Yep. How would you describe Grant's personality? Absolutely as, as not a coach. that way. Yeah. Very, very serious. You know. Um, Don Lucia told me this when he recruited Grant. Uh, you know, he was talking to his coaches in junior and said, "What kind of player is he?" And they said, "He's a captain." You know, uh, he he was made the captain of the Gophers as a sophomore. So you know, this is a guy that's always been kind of groomed for that position. Had some health problems, some concussion issues, and had to retire earlier than maybe he should have. But yeah, he's he's going to be a very good head coach for a long time. Whether that's still up in Marquette, Michigan, or whether he's looking for bigger things, I don't know that he would leave after one year but i said this as well if the gopher job is open tomorrow that's twice in 33 years that it's been open so this could be viewed as a once in a lifetime opportunity as well so give me your five names and and let's start with this one i know when mike gensel came back here it was originally to replace don eventually is Gensel still on that list, or, or is he to the point now in his life where he probably wouldn't want the job? Gensel is on that list, and I think he would want the job. And one thing I noticed this year, and maybe this is just my imagination, there were a lot of times we'd go to Wednesday media availability, and Don would not be available. <laughs> and Mike Gensel would be the one in front of the media. Now, I don't know if that was intentional on Don's part to maybe kind of groom Mike Don Gensel. Don doesn't enjoy those days, so I wouldn't no, be surprised No, he certainly doesn't. You know, and, and um, you know, so I wonder if that was maybe an intentional thing on Don's part to say, uh, you know, get this guy in front of the media. And, and, and Gensel always speaks very well. Now, the cheap joke I've made, one of my all-time favorite lines from the movie The Contender, guy wants to be a vice president, and the president says to him, Jim, you're the future of the Democratic Party and you always will be. That's how I think of Mike Gensel. I mean, we've been hearing 20 years ago that he was going to mm -hmm. replace Doug Wu. He was going to be the next coach of Gopher Hockey. So he's done excellent work developing some of those defensemen I've talked about. I just wonder if he's always going to be kind of that coach-in-waiting role. Now, if tomorrow he's the head coach of this program, I think he will do an excellent job. But I just don't know, uh, after this long in that assistant role, what it would be like for him to transition into the to being the guy in, b before the media. Let me ask you, let me throw another name out there, uh, since we're recklessly speculating on a hypothetical that has not uh, come to reality right. yet. Don Lucia either retiring or being told, We're, hey, we're filling a end. job that's not open. Right. Uh, but people bring up Bob Motzko's name. Yes. And I would, so... Correct me if I'm wrong on this, and you know way more about Bob Motzko than I ever will, but he played at St. Cloud State. Correct. He has coached St. Cloud State since 2005. Correct. And he's going to be when 57 left, years old in When a he week. left the University of Minnesota after, I believe, four years as their assistant coach. He was on those two national championship he, teams. He ran the power play and uh, on those two national championship teams, did a lot of recruiting for them. But he has far more of a, if, in terms of like where he feels at home, St. Cloud State is sort of unless he feels differently and, and views the U of M as a guy who's from Minnesota and maybe grew up as a gopher hockey fan, would he be, would he feel too guilty leaving St. Cloud state, a place where he's so rooted now money might talk. That might be another thing. That, might. Thoughts um, on Motsko. One of the greatest knocks I've always heard against Don Lucia is he's not an M man. 
No, he played at Notre Dame. He went to Notre Dame. His kid went to Notre Dame. He's not. He's not one of us. You know they. I don't know if you guys knew this, but Minnesotans can be a little bit provincial. Just a little bit. Never tiny, us. Tiny, tiny no, bit. I refuse you to must that. prove to us that you're one so of us. The and hockey thought, people? No. The, the thought after 19 years of hearing that about a guy that won two national championships, that they would go out and get another non-M man would surprise me. With that said, if you can get Bob Motzko, he will be an immediate success taking over this program, and I think he'd be great at it. Now, I spent all of last year saying, I don't think Mel Pearson would leave Michigan Tech. Uh, I think he loves what he's got there, and, and of course, Mel Pearson jumped and took the Michigan job the minute it was offered to him, so what do I know? But that, yeah. that's my feelings on Bob Motzko. So, of all, all the potential names that have been bandied about, Jess, give me the guy that you think would be the most energetic and enthusiastic about selling this program again. Because I, I keep coming back to that. This is not 33 years ago. This is not when Don got there. This is a program that, to a certain extent, believe it or not, needs to be sold. So who do you think would be the ideal person, not just to come in X's and O's, win hockey games, but to embrace the banquet circuit, to embrace all the things that you would need to do to get butts back in that building. Gensel and Petoni would both do an excellent job at that. Another name I will throw out, current assistant coach on the staff, ex-gopher, and a very successful Division Three coach, Scott Bell. Um, he's an assistant for Don this he's year, He's an right? assistant for Don this year. He was at Hamlin. He took that program from the absolute basement of the Mayak and had him winning the title for the first time in like 60 years within, I think, two years of taking over there. Now, granted, that's Division Three. It's a much different deal, but he's a local guy. You know, he lives here. He's been a pro scout with the Penguins. He is famously... The guy who got the Penguins to look at Jake Gensel when when nobody knew about him, um, you know, he's on the staff now. I think he would be an enthusiastic name like that. Couple a couple others I hear: Steve Rollick, coach at Ohio State. He's a local guy. He's a Badger. Forget it. They're not going to hire a Badger. I don't think. Again, I think he would be successful. He I might just, be good, but you're a Badger. I just don't think they're going to bring a Wisconsin guy in to coach here. Rob Stauber. Just coached the uh, U.S. Women's His Olympic team came up to a show. gold medal. Yes. You know, Hobie winner, uh, a light, lifelong Golden Gopher. He's from out, outside the Twin Cities. So you'd think he would maybe have some success, you know, bringing those greater Minnesota guys back. Look at this roster. Look at this Gopher roster. I think there's one guy from Rochester, maybe not even that. It's absolutely a total Twin Cities team now. And I think you have to expand your recruiting base again and get some of those, you know, great kids from Duluth East or, or wherever. Uh, and then the other one. I want to hear about is Todd Richards, assistant coach with the Tampa Bay Lightning, hmm. former Minnesota Wild head coach, former uh, Columbus Blue Jackets head coach. A couple knocks on him. Number one, he doesn't have a college degree, and that is a requirement in the job now. Uh, yeah. Tony Granato got hired at Wisconsin two years ago without a degree. They said, okay, you have 18 months, you got to finish your degree. He went to class his first year in Madison, got his degree. So that's something that Todd Richards could take care of. He's got the NHL, you know, resume. But keep in mind, he's gotten fired from two NHL jobs. So how much of that is an anchor around his neck? Well, Pete Carroll got fired from two NFL jobs and then went to USC. And then, uh, I mean, so it, it can definitely happen that the NHL isn't your... If so if, if you get Todd Richards, does that mean Snoop Dogg is coming to practice? I think it does. I also think it means that you're going to have a lot of NCAA violations on your hands when he leaves. Okay. <laughs> does Todd have the pizzazz, though? When when he coached the Wild, he that's never, what he, I wonder. He never really struck me as a guy with a lot of pizzazz. Yeah, he, I think he, you need he that doesn't this seem time. like a, a banquet circuit really, kind of guy. He's not exactly really. the Pretty, Pete Carroll of, of right. hockey coaches. I think you yeah. need that to a certain degree. I'll tell you this though: after every game, he would say, "I thought we battled," because that's what he said after every Wild game. I thought we battled. He stole that from Gar- Ron, Ron Gardner. Gar- yeah. Battle their tails yeah. off. Uh, Dave's been on hold. Dave, what's going on? You're on the show. Hey guys, how's it going today? Good man, thanks for calling. Good. Uh, my question is about player development. And the reason why I bring it up is 
I didn't see anybody on this year's roster that really took a step ahead. As a matter of fact, guys like Leon Bristed, who absolutely disappeared. Tyler Sheehy was the returning All-American Big Ten Player of the Year. I don't feel like he stepped up his game. Um, it, and Ryan Lindgren. No, it didn't see Tommy Novak. None of these guys developed. And didn't Don get into a war of words with an NHL GM a few years ago about player development? I forget. It might have been the Sabres GM or the Rangers that was GM. The, uh, that was the Islanders GM. That was the Oposo situation where Garth Snow said that players aren't developing under in Don Lucci's program. That has been an accusation, let's say, for a while. Now, let me say this. Talk to uh, Blake Wheeler, you know, who is the one of the leading scorers on a, on a playoff-bound Winnipeg Jets team. Talk to uh, Nate Schmidt, you know, who was an average to below-average defenseman coming out of St. Cloud Cathedral and is now, you know, a number one or a number two defenseman on a Vegas team that's going to be, you know, probably the top team in the West. They will rave about the development they got at the University of Minnesota. So, it, it, you know, it's easy to cherry-pick one or two guys that, you know, they were highly ranked, you know, a, a David Fisher who won the Mr. Hockey Award at Apple Valley and just never really panned out. I think he was a first or second round draft pick of the Canadians uh, and just never wound up doing anything. But uh, you know, I think overall this is still a pretty solid program. Okay, I just, you know, guys like Tyler Sheehy, who was, I thought was just going to set the w, or the Big Ten on fire this year, he, he didn't do much. And like I said, Bristed disappeared. They have major guys on their team who did not step up this year. Absolutely. Dave, and, thank you for the phone call. Let's take one more here. We've got Jess Myers for a few more minutes. Uh, Craig, you're on with Mackie and Judd and Jess Myers. Yeah, I think one of the things that has been glossed over here and that's a huge part of why it's such a stagnant situation there has nothing to do with Donald Trump or the coaches. That's the administration has raised the ticket prices and has cut back the student participation. They are responsible for the atmosphere in that building. Not 55-year-old alumni like me. And I know at this point in time, they're allowed to buy one ticket of a weekend. So you've got 750 tops students at those games. This is, to me, that's, that doesn't even define a college program. When you listen on the radio to a game played in Michigan or in Penn State, it's tough to hear uh, Mazako and Shaver because of the students in the background. And it's no longer that case. It used to be we'd have 3,000 or more students at a game. Either you're a college program or you're not. And if you're selling it as a minor league program, then you better start giving uh, minor league prices instead of offering prices the same as the wild when it's not anywhere near that type of a product. Yeah, Craig, Thanks, that's an excellent point. And, and, there are, and just there are two different issues here. One is the product on the ice and the team. Getting this thing back goes beyond that. Absolutely. Getting, and that's why my point is to marry them, what you need as a coach who's going to embrace that. Because ticket prices are too high. That, that building is not empty because of Don. That building is partially empty because of the fact that the team has not had the success that people are used to. But this is two conversations. And and if you try and, and lump them together as one, you're going to get lost. There is another element of golf or hockey that needs to be turned around, and a new coach could help there, but this goes far beyond Lucia. Absolutely. Um, you know, pricing people out of the market has been a big thing. The other thing uh, I think it was referenced in that call was uh, they moved people around. People who had had season tickets for yeah. 20 years they and had, them. The, had the same people sitting near them. They've been in the same section. You you kind of develop a camaraderie with those people. Maybe you go have a beer after the game or, or you meet before the game. 
they moved people around and kind of did all this goofy stuff with seat locations. So a lot of people saying, well, if I can't sit in the section I'm used to around the people, ah, screw it. They try to charge them more. I, I, don't, I don't need, you know, season tickets. Uh, loyal listener Paul tweets into the show here. He says, Mike Yo might be available in a couple of weeks. <laughs> Oh, Yozy. Bring back Poor Yozy. Yo- I think he might, yeah. get, I think he might get fired, you know too. What? Hey, the gopher, I think Yozy's in trouble. Hey, the Gophers room won't ignore you when you snap a stick over the boards during practice like Koivu and Suter and Parisi. I think Yozy's in trouble, let, let me say this. If this job, if, if this job is open, mm-hmm. and it is truly open, you would go and get Nate Lehman, who is the head coach at Providence, who is an East Coast guy who has had incredible success at every stop he has had in college hockey, including winning a national title at Providence three years ago, first time they'd ever done it. This job will not be truly open, even if Don Lucia is not there, because there are all these caveats placed on it, that it has to be a local guy, that it has to be a guy with Minnesota roots, that it's got to be you know someone who's got a college background. So I like Mike Yo. He's a friend of mine. I got to know him very well when he was here. The idea that they're going to go and get a Canadian major junior guy, nah. I don't think close so. personal friends, sir. Okay, yeah. I know Mike Yo. I know Mike Yo pretty right well. I know Lucia pretty well too, sir. Jess, great stuff. Don't Thanks, tell. Jess. Don't tell Roycey. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm cheating on Thanks, him. Guys. Keep it quiet. Schism. Uh, Judd here has a word for prime mortgage lending. Thank you, Phil. Yeah. And so you're considering your options for mortgage companies. Let me suggest my friends at Prime and Kent McCola. This isn't about simply selling you on something. Prime wants to earn your trust. In fact, they would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. What does that mean? Very simple. It means that while Prime would love to have you as a client, they want to meet with you first. They want to explain their plan, and then the decision is going to be up to you. This is about a couple things that I've talked about before with Canton Prime, and that is teamwork and collaboration. That's what Prime is all about. It's what they believe in. If you're shopping for a mortgage, you can count on Prime to give you sound advice and straight answers. For instance, Prime wants to take some of the mystery out of the mortgage process for you. Here's the example. Did you know Prime may be able to put together a program that can pay your closing costs? Yes, that can pay your closing costs, not just include them in your loan, but actually pay them for you. Again, this is all about the fact that Prime and Kent would rather earn your trust than sell you a loan. They want your business, but they want your trust more. Here's the website to go to, goprimewithkent.com. That's goprimewithkent.com. Goprimewithkent, K-E-N-T.com. Back to wrap up the show after this. Mackie and Judd are back. Lights, camera, action. On 1500 ESPN. Kick off your running season with 1500 ESPN at Twin Cities in Motion's Hot Dash 5K and 10 Mile. It's coming up this Saturday, the 24th. Join 1500 ESPN beginning at 7.30 a.m. for the Race Festival at Boom Island Park, which features a top 10 U.S. post-race beer garden, live DJ, photo booth, activities for all ages, plus the hot dish and beer from Summit Brewing Company. Details are all available at 1500ESPN.com, keyword events. Thank you, Dave. So along the lines of the Don Lucia conversation we've been having off and on throughout the show, and thanks for uh, for stopping in, Jess Myers. If you're Don and you're talking about, let's say, NCAA tournament losses, like there's Getting in is one problem that they've had the last 10 years in half the years. But then when they're in and they get beat and some of those go back to 2006, Holy Cross, or they get upset by somebody or unseated if they're a number one seed and they get beat, whatever it is, you can always point to, hey, in this one and done format and it's hockey, which is you're playing to three goals and weird things can happen because it's hockey. You're always going to be able to say the best team doesn't always win because it's a one and done format. If you had us play seven game series, then obviously, like the Gophers, would, the Gophers would have at least two or three more national championships during Don Lucia's career than they probably do. I'm I'm pretty sure about that. In the early 2000s, they probably would have won one again in like 03 or 05 or somewhere in there. 
But that's one of the things I really love about sports. And I brought this Linda Cohn tweet up to you from ESPN's Linda Cohn mm-hmm. over the weekend. And she tweet. I totally disagree with this tweet. I respect the hell out of her. I think she does a great job for 30 years on TV. But she said, imagine if you're a diehard fan of your favorite NBA, NHL, or MLB team. And they played the same format as the NCAA tournament, where an amazing season could end in just one postseason game. Would you be calling it the greatest sporting event ever? I doubt it, unless it's just about money for you. I love the one-and-done format in college hockey. It's exciting. It's way more. It, it's a lot more urgent when you're watching the Frozen Four, and this team could get bounced, you know, in the semifinals, and they're out by Holy Cross. Right, yeah, like the, the whole thing feels more example. urgent. Yeah, it it gives it gives thirteen seeds like Marshall a chance or Loyola the eleven seed. That's what makes a it work. Yes, but it doesn't always. If you're okay with, and this is where it is for like you know Don Lucia. Yeah, if you're okay with it, not always leading to the best team winning the championship. I mean, otherwise we would all just do it like the EPL, which is regular season, most points, and and there's no playoff. Do you want playoffs or not is kind of the It's intriguing you say that because I think when it comes to go for hockey, I think early 2000s, you're exactly right. But that's the problem now is that you can't even blame the the quick exit strategy on that. I mean, they played Union in the championship game in 2014, I believe. And Union would have swept them from a seven-game series. They would have won four straight. Penn State beat them, what, four straight. So it's probably true, and they they won a couple national titles at the time. It's probably true in the early 2000s. The problem now, though, is that's not even true. But the one-and-done format is what makes college sports fun. Yeah, I don't want huge series. And Major League Baseball has added it for the wild card, too. You can't deny that it makes – if you're watching the college basketball tournament, let's say they took it at 64 teams, we're going to do – we're going to cut it down to uh, 16 or 32 teams and yep. do three-game series. Well, it wouldn't be as compelling because it's like game one of a three-game series. The, st- the start of the hockey playoffs I love, and I love the playoffs themselves, but getting me to pay attention for four rounds, best four or seven for each, is very difficult. Mm-hmm. I've always thought that the NBA and hockey should go back to best three or five first round. Cut it down. It's too long. So, yeah, the the one and done might be frustrating to coaches. It's what makes college sports fun. Yeah, but it's like it's that gap between rewarding the best team sure. more often and just having a complete crapshoot. But I mean, I have no interest in seeing college hockey, for instance, go to best three of five. Mm-hmm. Zero. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine if you took all 30 NBA teams or like, I don't know how the math would break down, like what your bracket would be. Let's say you took, let's, let's just say you took the 16 team NBA playoff bracket and it was a one and done format. Well, you know what? Like, the Wolves with Jimmy Butler could maybe beat the Warriors once, mm-hmm. but not four times in seven games. Absolutely. So you might have situations where, holy crap, the Blazers just won the championship. What? Yeah. But they would never be able to beat a LeBron team four times. So her in seven po- games. her point is that she would like to see series of these things, and that. Well, it's- she's saying like if, if your favorite, yeah, she's saying it's the result. Is that good teams get bounced in one? Yeah, game. so it makes it fun, right? I'm with you on that. So either you want either you want the drama and the urgency, or you want to reward the best teams, and you, it's tough to have both. So uh, uh, Tom Chorsky in for me tomorrow. So mm-hmm. you guys are going to talk some more puck tomorrow. Wild in college, you can find our stuff on the Mackie and Jed Show page, 1500ESPN.com.